Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. The Open Book on CliffCentral.com. Greetings to you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And a warm welcome to this week's edition of The Open Book. It's good to be back. I'm sure for those of you who heard my viola earlier on, she said that I was away. Yes, I was away, but uh, it's good to be back. It's a little cold in Joburg, uh, because <laughs> I was out there in, uh, in, in Limpopo because my, my young family and I took a young family vacay, you know, because, uh, for us people in the ministry, we don't get off, um, over Easter. That is like, that is like our time, sort of like our moment. So we went out on, uh, on a safari. Um, to a beautiful lodge, which was out in, uh, out in Limpopo. And, uh, it was actually my wife's first time on safari. And it was like my third time on safari. But now here's the amazing thing, right? And, uh, I was speaking, to, I was speaking, um, to this, to the guys earlier on. Uh, the fact that, you know, it's amazing that we live in Africa, but somehow it seems like more people from abroad have actually been on African safaris than Africans themselves. I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna try and do a quick test here. Um, I'm gonna ask Duncan. Duncan, have you ever been on a, on a safari? Nah, I think the closest thing I came to was you a see. lion park. <laughs> <laughs> you see? I'm gonna ask my guest as well. Uh, <laughs> Tafari, have you ever been on a safari? Yes, I have. Okay, cool. There we go. There we go. There yeah. we go. But you know, but uh, yeah, I guess Duncan's case kind of proves my point exactly, you know? And funny enough, while it's actually not really that funny, in the same breath, I can actually say that um, the same thing can be proven for uh, when it comes to Christians and the Bible. You know, you'd expect that Africans always are always on safari. Some people overseas actually think that Africans live on a safari. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so in the same way, you can actually, you know, put Christians, uh, you, you can sort of prove the same, I don't know how you say it, like the same thing when it comes to Christians and the Bible. Um, a recent study which was done by Lifeway Research and the United Kingdom Bible Society, they proved the following, and I thought this was quite staggering. They say that only 45% of regular church attenders read their Bible more than once a week. And it even gets worse, okay? It says that almost one, almost, almost one, so it could be slightly less than one, okay? But almost one in five churchgoers say they never read the Bible at all. And more than half of evangelicals believe that the Holy Spirit is a force and not a personal being. And wow. you would know that it's a personal being if you actually do read your Bible. Um, since the study was done in the United Kingdom, um, it says that in the United Kingdom, almost one in three couldn't identify the nativity as part of the Bible. And apparently some people even believe that Superman is might probably be in the Bible somewhere. It just goes to show that uh, just how little we read the Bible. And listen, I'm not trying to judge anyone or condemn anyone out there because many a times I've fallen short of one of these points. Uh, not the nativity one or the Superman one, but I'm sure one of, <laughs> I'm sure one of, uh, one of the other ones. So why should the Bible or the Word of God be of utmost importance to us? Why do we always mention read the Bible, read the Bible? So here is my reasoning, and uh, this is from the book of Loyiso, which is not in the Bible. <laughs> Don't be going to the Bible looking for the book of Loyiso, okay? Here is my, here's my reasoning. Uh, Christians were first defined as followers of Jesus. 
um, or those who who are like Jesus. Is Jesus, if you know that the first time that that the word Christian actually came along was uh, when people who weren't Christians defined Christians in Antioch, um, you know, at the at the start of the church. So, John chapter one verse one tells us that Jesus is the Word. So therefore. To be like Jesus or followers of Jesus, we have to constantly have our eyes on the Word, which is Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Jesus is the Word. If you if you read the Word, that is Christ. As a matter of fact, Joel Osteen, um, at the beginning of each sermon, he holds up his Bible. Uh, for those of you who watch, you know who watch his programs, he holds up his Bible, asks everybody else to do the same, and um, and then he has the whole congregation declare the following words, which are: "This is my Bible. I am what it says I am." I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody said, amen. come on, Duncan. Amen. amen. Yeah. So, so you see the Bible, um, in, 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 in first Peter chapter one, verse 23, it says, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Hmm. Eternal living word of God. Our life has got to come from the eternal living word of God. And what this means is the following. If the word of God is incorruptible and indestructible, like Christ is incorruptible and indestructible, Hmm. when we learn every day to live by it, we too will be incorruptible and uh, and indestructible. I'll let Pastor Tafari just later on just sort of, um, maybe speak, you know, on the word that is incorruptible and and indestructible, and and how this makes us incorruptible and indestructible. Because um, something I was reading earlier on the fact that, which is actually in the Bible as well, the fact that you know the word the, the word is like the word is a mirror, hmm. you know. So we may have a certain um, we may have a certain understanding of what it is that we look like, hmm. but when we read the word and we start to believe what that is, and because um, it then that actually the word starts reflecting. On us, and we become like the word. So, Amen. if the word is indestructible and incorruptible, we too, when we read the word, become indestructible and incorruptible. Hmm. I really feel it in my heart, uh, just more than ever now, that if we want to live the good life in this fallen world, um, that is not going to get. I don't think it's going to get any better. By the way, uh, call me a, pes- uh, a pessimist or whatever. Okay, but we have to hmm. go back to that which has promised us good life. And that is the word of God. So read your Bible, children. Read your Bible. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, so my good friend here, um, um, it's really big. He's kind of becoming a resident guest on <laughs> right. the open book and he has written a book that, uh, will teach us on how to use the Bible to live the best way for our life. Um, I think after having just spoken about the Bible, you can obviously guess that it refers a lot to that book. The book and our topic for today, this is the name of his book and it's also our topic for today. It is Living Life to the Fullest uh, by pastor and author. He's a, he's a real author now. Three books down, <laughs> you are author, man. I know three albums down and then you like, you know, you are a proper artist. That's so right. this is, you know, he's an author, uh, Tafara Butai. I got the book and I was absolutely blessed whilst I was on holiday, by the way, on safari. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it gave me life and I just thought it's just so, you know, this is just the right thing to just make sure that I just share it with you guys. Uh, for those of you who haven't, I mean, yeah, 
who haven't been reading much. You know, Tafari is here with us. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, man. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for just, yeah, for just heading to the call. I called you two days ago. Right. Uh, after I'd just come back from my safari. Yeah. I'm going to say this thing. <laughs> because it was like, oh, shut up already. <laughs> and thank you so much for really just agreeing. You know, to be on the show with us today. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to chat about the book and, uh, Tafara will, he'll bring you some amazing notes and just inspirations on how you can live your life to the fullest. So, uh, yeah, stick with us here in the open book if you want a better life. And, uh, and we'll be back with you right after this. Such a great song, that one. Um, do you want to be happy? Such a still number one on the Billboard charts, um, on the gospel charts. Don't be like going on and say, yeah, he lied. Uh, <laughs> on the gospel charts. And that's just what it is, you know, the fact that the truth brings us to a place of, um, of fulfillment. And, and fulfillment is, is more than happiness, you know. But obviously, if you say to someone, do you want joy? They'll be like, no, I want to be happy. So, uh, so yeah, just such a great song. Now, Tafara Butai's assignment is to empower the body of Christ. To live in the fullness of their salvation and to walk in love, wellness and prosperity. His teachings are practical, they're word-centered, and they're straightforward. Um, he also serves as, he actually he also serves as the lead pastor of Faith Hill Church in Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, so today um, he's he's on the open book once again, uh, Cliff Central, to bring us those nuggets on how we can live life. Uh, to the, to the fullest. And, uh, his book is called Living Life to the Fullest. Now, this book is, it's word-centered. It's straightforward. Just like we said, you know, like we said earlier on, it's practical and, um, and, and, and it's full of, it's full of love, man. <laughs> you know, cause I believe that, you know, for someone to love you, they've got to be just, just straightforward with you. Welcome, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So, um, the inspiration, the inspiration behind, behind this book. I think for me, uh, basically, you know, I had been living, uh, my life, trying to live life to the fullest and chasing after the world's definition of living life to the fullest. And it was always elusive. You know, I could never attain it because for it? the, for the world, it's accumulation of material things. You know, I mean, you, you think that once you get a, uh, to a million, uh, uh, millionaire status, you're going to be happy. And then you get to a millionaire status, you're not happy. You think but you're close. I, no, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> what's yeah. funny is, um, actually I was reading, uh, uh, in the book of Song of Solomon three from verse seven to eight. It says, yeah. it says Solomon, who was the richest man ever, uh, uh, to live in the face of the earth. It says he had, uh, 70 soldiers on his bedside just to protect him from the fear. Of the night and they still couldn't protect him from the fear of the night. So just material, uh, uh, gains will not bring you to living life to the fullest. And we all know the story. He backslid and so on and so forth. So, um, in, in the quest to want to know what is this living life to the fullest? You know, I read a lot of scriptures and, uh, the simple one that I can give you right now was John 3 16. It says, um, uh, for God so loved the world that he came, he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will have, uh, everlasting or eternal life. And I wanted to know what that everlasting or eternal life was. Mm. And I found out it wasn't a quantity of days, but it was a quality of days and the quality of days determined by God's word. And that's what the book is about. 
It's, yeah. it's to reveal to us how we can attain that quality of days right where we are and mm. not wait until we get married, wait until we have a child, wait until the children uh, move out. And then by the time uh, the kids have moved out, we realize we haven't lived our lives. Yeah. And you know what? And, and right in the beginning of the book, because your wife wrote the foreword for a cheapo. Right. Um, and, and the first scripture that she quotes is, is, is John, is John 10 verse 10. That's right. Um, which is, you know, like, which speaks about the fact that, you know, um, it says, it says that, you know, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. Right. And this is Jesus speaking. And then it right. says, but I came that you may have life. Right. In, um, in, and have it abundantly. In, you know, have it abundantly. Yeah. And you've just mentioned the fact that, you know, we always feel that we need to, you know, that once a certain, a few things have happened, only then will we have life That's abundantly. Right. And some people, they say, yeah, you know, you don't, you can't live a, a, a life full of, you know, like a prospering life. You can't live right. a rich life as a Christian because the richness that Christ is speaking about will only be later, you know, like right. after, you know, like after death. Right. What would you say to those people? I mean, John 10 verse 10, Jesus, the context he's speaking from is not even the context of heaven. Cause I mean, if we read the first part of that scripture, he says the, st- the thief, only comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. And I can guarantee you the thief is not stealing, killing, and destroying in heaven. He can do that <laughs> up there. Yeah. So the context is right here in the earth because that's where the thief is stealing, killing, and destroying. If, and if he's doing that, Jesus said, I came. Mm. He came from heaven to somewhere, and where he came to was the earth. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So that brings uh, uh, us into the picture, us into the context, and from where we are today, which is in the earth realm. Mm. And he says, I came that you might have it, uh, and have it more abundantly. Mm, because the truth is, because the truth is, eternal life right. for those who accept Christ as their Lord starts now. It starts right it's now. It's not, you know, we think eternity is after this life. No. So, um, so, so if the eternal life is full. Right. It's right now. It's right now, yeah. Not, uh, not later. Amen. This, um, you start off the book, you know, like with the, uh, with explaining, uh, what the, you know, the difference between the spirit, the soul and the body. Right. Because some of the times, you know, um, people just kind of confuse, I think more so the soul and, um, and, and the spirit. Right. On, uh, on what those are. Yeah. So, um, so could you give us just, a, just, a, just an explanation of what, the differences between those three? I think uh, quickly, like you say, a lot of, you know, Bibles actually use the two words interchangeably, but there's a clear distinction between the spirit and the soul. Uh, right in the beginning, God said, uh, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And if you look at uh, what God's image is, God's image is his nature. If you read in John 4 verse 24, it says God is a spirit. Now, if God is a spirit, it also means that we are a spirit. But not only did he create us in his image, he also created us after his likeness. What is his likeness? His likeness is his functionality. Mm. How does God function? God is a speaking God. He created everything that you see through talking. So that makes us also speaking spirits. What does that mean? That means whatever you speak is coming to fruition. It is coming to being. So if you confess negativity all the time as a speaking spirit being, you're going to see negativity around you. And, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, man, all that talking concept that you say, you know, if you speak it, it's going to come to existence. It never works for me. And I say it's already started working. 
because you've <laughs> said it's not going to work for you. And guess what? <laughs> it is working. And the soulish realm basically is where your, your, your mind, your will and your emotions are. So when we get born again, uh, we only get born again in our spirit. Second Corinthians uh, 5 17, it says we become new creations. Yeah. Now, by uh, 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 um, law of subtraction, we know that it was not our soul because guess what? If you are not good in math before you got born again, you will still not be good in math after mm-hmm. you get born again. If you had false teeth in your body before you got born again, guess what? You were still going to have false teeth after you, you get are, born uh, again. The one, the one thing you say is, <laughs> and if you are bold before you are born again, guess you're what? still going to be bold after you're born again. Exactly. Because what became a new creation was your spirit. Yeah. Your spirit became brand new, but your mind is still your responsibility. So if you make stupid decisions, even though you have a brand new spirit, you will still see uh, crazy things happen in your life. Mm. So, so the spirit, right? Um, so the spirit is the you. It's the real you. That's the real you. That's the real. And you. then, um, and and then the soul is your is your understanding. That's you it. Know, that's why I think. Um, what is it again? Is it is it Hebrews chapter twelve? Romans chapter 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Romans two. chapter 12 verse 2. Yeah. Uh, which says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So and, and your mind is the soul. Your mind so is the in mind. the soul. And that keeps on, you know, like in other words, that is what is constantly being renewed. That's it. So in other words, I mean, like, I don't think we'll ever get to a point where we know it all. Never. Um, not in this life. Not in this life. <laughs> and that's why we life. teach at church. You know, we, we're trying to show you what is in your spirit so you can let it out the other way to say this is that your mind is the valve that releases the life that is in your spirit because your spirit is everything the bible says it's got everything that pertains uh to all things that pertain to life and godliness yeah are in your spirit so we can actually say so we can say um we can say the spirit has been renewed it has been renewed the mind which is the soul is being renewed is being renewed and that your body is going to be renewed come on that's probably the best that. way to uh to put to, it uh, to sort of explain it now in all of this there's obviously the will of god right because i believe that you know the best place that we can be in order to succeed right is in god's will it's in god's will because yeah. you know the maker knows uh, knows better about the product that he's made right than the product itself you right. know, you, you're going to ask her, if a microwave is not, is, is not working, you're not going to ask the microwave, what's wrong with it? Right. You know what I mean? You're going to go to the person who made it. Right. Wh- wh- whatever brand that is, and they will let you know what is wrong with that. Right. Um, how, my question was, um, my question is, how do we live, or how do we know the will of God for our lives? I think the first place, uh, uh for any believer is to know that God's word is his will to us. You know, I've heard people uh, growing up in the church say things like God works in mysterious ways. You know, and I've heard people say, you know, God is what they're actually uh, insinuating is that God is schizophrenic. You know, sometimes you may will it to be like this. Sometimes you may will it to be like that. But God is not like that. He has, he has given us his MO, his, his modus operandi, the way he operates. He has given it to us through his word. And if you want to know God's will, you can go straight to his word and find out what God 
as will ease for your particular situation. For example, if you're not feeling well in your body, you can go right to scripture and read First Peter 2.24 and know that God's will is for you to be healed. You can read uh, uh, First John, uh, Third John verse 2, which says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. So God's will is for us to, to be in, in health. And if you know that, guess what? You can start living your life according to his will. And mm. not according to emotions or how you feel about it. And I guess it is about, and will. I guess it is about, you know, reading that up until you start to, you know, like if, uh, up until you start to believe it. That's um, it. I was actually going to touch on this later on. Right. Um, but there's a, a great story. Right. Um, that you tell in the book about, about you and your wife. Right. You, you've just been married. Right. And, uh, you're about to go on honeymoon. Yeah. And she falls sick. It was crazy, man. Uh, we were getting ready to leave, uh, for New York. And we were also going to go to Miami. So I was excited, man, to, yeah. to go on this trip. And uh, because we had just been hectically spending our time planning and preparing for the wedding, we didn't have enough time, you know, to kind of spend time in the Word and, and pray like we always do together. So the enemy came in, attacked. And as we were at the airport at mm-hmm. uh, uh, Oaratambo getting ready to uh, check out, my wife just started – she fell sick. She just started vomiting. And, man, it was crazy. At the airport. At the airport. Oh, and Lord. we had to come back home. And uh, when we came back home, we uh, went into the scriptures and uh, we just started reading out loud the scriptures that talk about our healing. And uh, we reminded ourselves again of what God's will was in that arena. And uh, within 24 hours, we were both uh, healed and uh, perfect and ready to go for our honeymoon. Within yeah. 24 hours. Within 24 hours. Within of, 24 hours. Because the thing is also, it's not about just reading it. It's not no. about also just reading those scriptures once. No. Um, it's about, it's about confessing them up until you believe it. That's it. You know? That's it. And I guess also, you know, faith says, faith says, you need to also have faith and believe that you are going to believe it. That's as right. You, <laughs> That's <laughs> as right. you're reading it. That's right. And you, you have know? to convince yourself. In it. How important, I mean, like, look, <coughs> from the time that you say it to the time that you, um, how, how important is believing what you're saying? And how do we get ourselves to that point? Man, uh, you know, the Bible says, uh, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And, and I believe if you put enough of God's word in your heart to the point of believing it, Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you put the word of God in a good enough quantities in your heart mm-hmm. and to the point where you have no other choice but to believe it, you are at a point of breakthrough and manifestation. Wow. It is vitally important that we, 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 we stay in the word and we remind ourselves of what the word of God says about our situation. And sometimes you have to do it out loud and just force yourself to believe the word. Wow. Before we carry on, um, there's um, there's a message that we just got from Kodua. Right. And it's probably a message that most people, I mean, like it's, it's probably a question that most people have. Mm-hmm. So I know Kodua uh, is listening to us live now. And, um, and, and it says, I have tried to be born again three times in my 26 years of my life. Right. And it didn't work. Right. Um, he doesn't exactly say what trying was. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. he carries on to say, would you say that God hasn't given most pastors the authority to save people? I think God gave all the believers the authority to save people. He said to all the believers, go out and preach the message. And uh, those that believe shall be saved and baptize them and disciple them. 
So if we go out uh, as believers and preach the gospel to the nations, we already have the authority uh, to lead them to Christ. So again, when you get to that point where you want to make a decision, like you say, you don't try to believe. You just have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And there is no feeling to it. It's a spiritual reality. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you're not going to get a goose bump. Uh, uh, Nothing is going to change in the physical. And I believe uh, the greatest challenge for the uh, church world today is we are looking for something that relates to our five senses. But you must remember Christianity is never a a, a physical, uh, fleshly relationship with God. It's a spiritual reality. That's why we walk by faith and not by by, by sight. We walk by that which is of a spiritual reality and not by that which is of the five senses. So I believe you probably didn't feel anything and you thought uh, nothing had happened. But, but then it may what? also be, but then it may also be that maybe could, um, Kodua thought that certain things will change in his life. Right. And he hasn't seen them change. So Mitsuna is doubting whether he has actually done enough to be saved, you know? Yeah. I think once you're saved, uh, the only change you're gonna experience is, uh, your spirit becomes brand new. But as far as things around you, nothing is gonna change and only until you start renewing your mind. That's what the Bible says in mm. Romans 12 verse 2. You know, it says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, uh, the reason why a lot of Christians do not experience change and transformation is in their lives is because they are not changing the way they think. Yeah. There's and no mind renewal. That. 95% of the times your life is not changing is because you're not, you know, you're not renewing your you're mind. You're not renewing your mind. I know, you know, like I know that as a fact, the fact that when things in my life are not going right, the first thing I ask is what am I doing or, or what am I not doing? You know, that's right. And 80% of the times I actually get, you know, like I actually get the answer that, you know, that, that it's this and this, but I'm that's not it. saying blame yourself every single time. That's it. Um, but, but introspect is always good. You know, it's, it's always very good. The, 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 the best place to start. Amen. But Kodua, I want to just say to you that I probably, I probably <laughs> did it five times that's it. <laughs> before I started believing <laughs> that I was born again. But that's I know it. that I, I was the, the absolute first time that I did it. But if you're still not sure, maybe just go into the net. Um, just, um, and, and I'm just throwing this out to you. Right. Just go, go to Google or whatever search engine you, you go onto and just write the sinner's prayer. Um, it has to, you know, uh, just type the sinner's prayer. A prayer will come up and just, just pray that prayer in your own room. Right. Because, because it's not pastors who save. It is Come God on. who saves and he will hear you. And then, um, ask a simple question, you know, just say, now show me you, show That's me right. you. I'm going to sit back and you must just show me, um, you must just show me you. Amen. And I believe that God will. I truly believe that he will. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Getting back to, uh, <laughs> Pastor Tafara's book, Living Life to the Fullest. Living life to the fullest. Yes, it's actually, it's actually a full life. Um, we refer to, to Romans chapter 12 verse 2, which says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah. Um, just before I ask the question, you know, some of the times we, what we think is good is not exactly 
what God thinks, you know, like what God thinks is good or it, right. it even is the will of God. But by renewing our minds, we actually, we actually find that will of God for our lives. Yes, but there's an interesting thing that you did and this totally opened up my eyes. Right. Um, where it says, but be transformed. There's a way that you explained the word transformation right. that totally blew my mind. Could you get into that? Right. Um, I think the word transformation is one of the most packed words, you know, in the, in the New Testament. And, and the Greek word for this, the Greek original word for this word transformation is metamorpho. And in our day to day English today, it simply means change. But this does not capture the full description of what, uh, the apostle Paul is trying to say here. He's trying to say, we can use an analogy to probably, you know, uh, yeah. get a peep into his description. Uh, and the best analogy is, uh, when a caterpillar, is transformed into a butterfly. Two total different things. Two total different. It's a drastic change. I mean, when you look at a butterfly, <laughs> you don't see traces of a caterpillar. No, it's like a two total. It's like a different being. It's not even like, you know, it's not even like a a small little man Amen. to like a giant. No, it's a, still it's a, the same things. Exactly. It's a total different thing. One flies and one creeps. Exactly. One creeps in the dirt. And another one is a heavenly being, beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at that thing, you don't even see. When they told me growing up that uh, a, a caterpillar would transform into a butterfly, I didn't believe them because they are two totally different things. And that's what the Apostle Paul is promising us as believers. He's saying you can be transformed to the point where when people look at you, they won't even see traces of your past life. Yeah. And then, and, and then obviously other people will be like, yeah, he just being fake. I know what he was like three, four years ago. Exactly. And that's what we believe. I mean, it's as if that caterpillar died. Exactly. And the new thing rose. You Come know? on. And, um, and that's what, you know, that's what transformation is. And, and Those what's are, scary, what's yeah. scary is that the people that are still at the caterpillar level, they're looking at the butterflies and envying them without realizing that the qualities to become a butterfly are already resident on the inside of them. Wow. <laughs> wow. Instead of going and eating the things that they need to eat in order to become the butterfly. Come on. And, uh, and when it comes to us, that is the word. It is the but word. But that's why, you know, but that's what the Bible speaks of the word of God as being a, a seed. Do that's you know it. what I mean? That's we it. eat that seed. And then suddenly, I mean, if you look, um, let's take one of the, let's take a tree, right? Right. Um, an apple tree. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't a little apple tree that was put into the ground and then became a big apple tree. Come on. It was a seed that had to die just like the caterpillar in order to become, in order to become a, to become a butterfly. That's right. Um, and, and, and you too, you know, in, in your book, you speak about the word of God being a seed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, how do we make this work for us? Uh, Mark 4, uh, verse 14 tells us that the word of God is seed. And, uh, what we know in the natural is that, uh, seed that's not planted will never germinate and produce. So in other words, the word of God that you don't plant in your heart will never work for you. And, uh, I always, uh, share this with people that the word of God is not ink and paper. You know, the word of God is life. It's, it's a, it's a seed that carries life within it. In fact, the Greek word for the word of God is sperma. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when it goes on the inside of you, in your heart, it, it reproduces. And Jesus said it will produce to some 30, to some 60, and to most a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. In other words, this seed has to be planted in the soil of our hearts. 
so that it reproduces. Now, if we keep the seed on our tables and just watch it or be religious about it, I mean, uh, um, growing up, we used to have a big uh, Bible in our display unit that my mother would never allow anyone to touch. <laughs> and guess what? That Bible didn't do us any good because we didn't take the seed that was on the inside of it mm. and planted it in our hearts. See, we just worship that seed. We, we just worship that seed and just say hallelujah. And we used it as a religious object. Yeah. You know, I remember keeping a Bible in my car thinking it was going to chase away evil spirits. That thing is not going to do that. The only thing that will do that is the word that you put in your heart Absolutely. and plant in your heart. And as it reproduces, it will begin to reproduce good fruit in your life. Wow. So the Bible is not some calisthenic religious uh, 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 object. It is it is seed. And that seed has to be planted in the ground of our hearts by reading it, meditating on it, pondering on it. And as we do that, it will begin to reproduce in our lives. And we begin to see all the good things that the word of God produces, uh, promises in our lives. Yeah. And meditate on it, you know. You've got you to meditate to live, on You it. need to live by this word day and night. That's what... Um, that's what, you know, I think Joshua chapter one, verse eight yes. speaks about that. It does. And, and we spoke about the importance of meditation. Yes. Um, when we spoke about your other book, the uh, prayer book, yeah. the prayer book, <laughs> I call that the prayer book. Um, but this time around, you really kind of give us sort of like more insights, right. um, into, into meditation. Right. And, um, and just the importance of it in Christian lives, because we always think that meditation is for the new age people. Right. But, um, but always believe that whatever is in the world, that, that that the enemy didn't create anything. All no, he's he all he's just done is that he's perverted what God has done. So now mm. we mustn't shy away from those things that we think are evil. Yep. But we need to find the, the. Okay, how can I say this? It's like we need to find the very first reason Come on. that that thing was created. Come on. And um and so yeah. So I like to I like for you to just speak about just meditation. I think the first place that I deal with in the book was to actually, you know, um uh, deal with the the principles of meditation and explain uh, to people the differences uh, between transcendental meditation, which is what we see from uh, most Eastern religions and uh, yoga and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it is basically uh, them saying you can get to a place of euphoria or a place of happiness by emptying your mind. And that's not what the scripture is saying. The scripture is saying you can get to that same place by filling, filling up your mind with yeah. God's word. And, 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 uh, going back to our analogy of the caterpillar transforming into a butterfly, sometimes the caterpillar has to spend time in what is called a cocoon. And sometimes he sits still in a cocoon for up to seven months, just sitting and doing nothing and just pondering. And then in about eight months, boom, he, he, uh, he reappears as a butterfly. And as believers, that speaks of meditation where we just sit down under the word and let the word change us and let the word transform us and let the word change our, our, our thinking. And, and, and it's so hard to teach that, uh, uh, to a charismatic generation that, you know, always want to be binding and loosing, you know, you're telling mm. them sit down and, and think on these things. And that's what the Bible says. It says whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue in it, think on these things. And, and, and when you begin to think on those things, ponder on them, they'll begin to, uh, reproduce, uh, in our lives. So meditation is vital. You and know, you know what the thing have is? to meditate on God's word. I mean, just kind of taking from just what you're saying now, um, the thing is, if you, 
Chances are you're meditating on something All the time And whatever you're meditating on Because you know uh, Joyce Meyer wrote a book Called The Battlefield of the Mind Right And we all believe that Like the battle Before it even It even becomes a reality um, Before you lose it right. In life You've already right. lost it in your mind Come on So chances are you are Already meditating On something Always Do you know what I mean So why not fill yourself with the word Exactly. So that you, so that you can meditate exactly. on that, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. uh, we can actually kind of do it consciously. It's just amazing how much control we actually have in this. Come you on. You know, man. uh, God has given us, God has given us choice. He, um, he says in the book of Deuteronomy, um, he says, I've given you, you know, I place before you life and death. Yeah. You choose, choose life. He's given you these things. He's given you the word. You He's choose. given you the seed. All you have to do is just is just go for it. You Come can't on. be a person who's uh you know you're praying Lord 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 please you know um I want to be I want to be a bodybuilder right and uh you get all the material to right. do it right and but but you just like carrying on praying instead of taking the supplements Come on. and actually going to the gym. Come on, this is the very same thing. This is the very but, same thing. But Jesus has already done the gym bit for you. All he's asking you is just to take the supplements. Cooperate with him. <laughs> <laughs> and part of what we talk about in yeah. the book concerning meditation is that, uh, uh, you know, at his dire moment when Jesus was depressed and, and he wanted his disciples to, to pray with him, he asked uh, them, could you not tarry with me for how long? For just one hour. But when it comes to meditation, the Bible says for us to do it day and, and night. night. In other words, we have to meditate all the time. And you know, I always get excuses from people. People say things like, you know, Pastor, I, I work a job, so I crunch numbers at work. You know, I get so busy, um, and I can't meditate the word all the time. And uh, I always ask them a question: When, when, when that man or that woman hurt you, how many times in a day did you think about it? All the time. They say all the time. And did it wake you up at night? Sometimes it it does And and I'm saying You already have the ability To think on something All the time Yeah (laughs) Just take that ability You could You know like She could have have broken up with you um, (laughs) After three years And you're an accountant And you're busy writing the books And you see the number three And you start crying (laughs) That's right (laughs) And I believe that Like you know Like when we meditate yeah, I believe that when we meditate on the word, suddenly we just start to see Christ everywhere. Come on. Because that's who we, come on. That's who we're focusing on. Amen. That is, uh, don't take that, anybody. I, you know, <laughs> that is for my book. <laughs> yes, we are discussing, uh, uh, living life to the fullest, uh, getting some really, really, really great nuggets from, uh, Pastor Defaro. We're going to carry on just, um, just after this. So, uh, stick with us here. Uh, living life to the fullest. That's the name of the book by, uh, by Pastor Defaro. Um, Butai. Yeah, Pastor Tafara, earlier on you spoke about, um, the richest man that has ever lived, and that is, and that is Solomon. Right. You know? Right. Blessed, blessed. Blessed. I mean, that, that has ever lived. He wasn't just a rich man of his time. Right. But he is the richest man that has ever lived. But you say that, you know, um, still, you know, someone who believed in God, he needed what, 700 soldiers around him? About just 70. To sleep? 70 soldiers. Around his bed. Around his bed. Yeah. Trained um, soldiers. The Bible says skilled. <laughs> Cause he was fearful. <laughs> yeah, he right? was fearful. Yeah. So in other words, yeah. So in other words, there's no point in actually even amassing all this wealth, right? If um, if you're gonna live, if you're gonna live in fear, that's it. And I've heard of people as well, like you know, like rich guys who are constantly 
looking at their at their at their accounts, you know, with right. the fear that somebody's going to rob them of something. Yep. And 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 that is just fear, you know, sort of creeping in. That's and, right. And you know, the Bible says that you know, for God has not given us spirit of fear, yep, but of power and of love. And, um, and, and, and of a sound mind, mind you know? That's it. So I want us to, you know, just for a moment to just touch on fear and how this can hinder our ability to live life to the, the fullest. fullest. Well, in, in, in the chapter, uh, Living with No Limits, we dealt with three kinds of fears that I believe people are constantly struggling with. And the first one was, uh, the fear of taking risks. And I think we dealt with the story of the four lepers and so on and so forth. And we said in that, uh, uh, particular chapter, one of the statements was that if you're not living your life on the edge, you're wasting too much space. Mm. And the other fear we dealt with was the fear of failure. You know, Christians are afraid to step out of the boat and walk on water. But guess what? If you're going to experience the Jesus kind of lifestyle, you have to step out of boat, out of the boat if you're going to do the amazing. You just have to take a risk. I mean, if you're going to. I guess they're kind of saying, what if I sink? <laughs> yep. I think that's the, that's the question the yeah. devil, you know, uh, throws into their head. He always says to them, what if it doesn't work? Well, if it doesn't work, what does the Bible say? A righteous man falls seven times, and out of the seven times he gets up. So guess what? If it doesn't work the first time, I'm going to get up and do it again, and yeah. do it again, and do it again until it works. It's, so instead of asking the question, what if it doesn't work? I think the question we should be asking is, what if it works? And, yeah. and the third kind of fear that we dealt with was the fear of uh, people. And the Bible says uh, the fear of man is a snare, or the fear of man is a trap. You know, when we don't do what God has called us to do because we are afraid of man, we, uh, we live in a, in a, in a trapment and we cannot experience li- life to the fullest if we live according to the fear of man. Mm. Yeah. We just have to go out there and, yeah. and, and live our lives and, and, just go and not be afraid of what man might do or say about us. Cause let me tell you something else. People will talk about you, whether you do something or whether you do nothing at all. They'll still talk about you. Mm, no, <laughs> and, you're right. And what they say about you, uh, 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 truthfully is none of your business. Just That's get on thing. with life and do your thing. I think also just look at the fact that you are still around now. Um, right. And, and, and although you may be facing some problems in your life, right. You faced problems in your life before and those didn't get you down. God has brought you through till this moment. Amen. So, um, so when God brings you through whatever it is that you, I mean, like when, yeah, when God brings you through this, um, this, this moment, you know, right. like, which is obviously, you know, you feel like it's not good for your life. Right. And you come out the other side and you're okay. The only thing you would have actually wasted was joy. Come on. Um, at this time. Come on. So, so just get rid of your fear and just believe and just walk like a child, you know, and, and enjoy Let's the process. Faith. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Living life to the fullest. Where can we get the book? Uh, you can get the book uh, from Amazon for your Kindle, or you can pick it up from Scoobs at uh, Monte Casino. Awesome stuff. And we hope to have that book around um, all over the country, all over the world. And you're going to be doing some visits as well to, to Zim. Yes, to um, Zim next week. And, and you're going to have the book with you. Promoting so the book. Make sure that you go to Scoobs. Actually, you know what? If you actually also just want a copy of this book, um, every single Sunday, Positafara, uh, preachers at you know where's the lead pastor at Faith Hill Church, uh in uh in 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 Bryanston in four ways in kind four of Bryanston ways. yeah 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 <laughs> just at the top of if you know <laughs> but I mean but 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 just go online and just check where Faith Hill Church, Church. is um, 
in uh, in four ways four ways Bryanston on on Leslie Road. Leslie Connaught Leslie and uh, William Nicole. Yeah, I mean like that's Eagles much Nest. easier right opposite um right opposite Design Quarter. Yeah. And um and there's a place there called Eagles Nest. You've probably driven past it many times. Yeah. And that's where they are. What times in the morning? Uh 10 a.m. to 11:30. 10 a.m. to 11:30, and you can get a copy of that book, and you can see this guy preach life. I think he's even a better, a better <laughs> speaker, you know, than a writer. And he's a great writer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want us, you know, just before we leave today, we've got like probably about two, three minutes left. Um, some confessions, you know, just to give people some practical ideas on how they can use the word. Um, and and I'm going to open up the book here to page 25, guys. By the way, this is um, this book is not. It's not, it's not a thick book that's going to take you forever to read. It's 74 pages, but I'm telling you by page two, you'll already feel like you've, you've, you've read the entire Bible because it's so full of life. You know, if you're going to write a book called Living Life to the Fullest, it's, the book itself has got to be full of life. So I'm turning now to page 25 and, um, and you've got this confessions here. Uh, just before that, you say, now we are just going to take a moment to speak life into certain areas of our lives. Uh, find yourself a conducive environment and speak these words out loud. Do it every single day until you believe it. So um, if you believe in God for for health, and uh, Postafaria has written um, some uh, some verses. So you believe in God for health, right? So let's say we use, um, I'm going to just try and find. Okay, cool, yeah. Let's go to the very first one. Third John chapter 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So you read that over. Third John chapter 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You read that up until you believe it. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Pastor what do we do from there? And after you do that, then you make a declaration that is based uh, on that particular verse. You say, I possess divine health. My body keeps well. Every germ and virus that touches my body dies in Jesus' name. Because you need to understand that, you know, the Bible is is Holy Spirit inspired. Every single word is from the Holy Spirit. Yes, and sir. we know that, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit is God. Because Amen. he's God in three person. He's the Father, he's the Son, he is the Holy Spirit. So whatever's written there, it is from you. You know, um it, it is a word that that um it, it is a promise that comes you know, like that comes from God. I'm gonna find something else over here as well. Um so confessions against fear and and, and depression. If you've got this problem, um you just you need to confess against fear and depression. I'll take Second Timothy chapter one verse seven, which says, "For for God has, hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." This is the truth. So you read that up until you believe it. Right. Positive fire. You confess God is not the source of fear. Therefore, I bind all fear in Jesus' name. Fear has no hold over me. I walk in love, boldness, and I possess a sound judgment. Love it. And now the one that I. I'm going to be focusing on um, is uh, is the one based on uh, confessions on, on financial prosperity. Um, not to be, you know, like not necessarily to be rich, but sometimes, you know, you need uh, you you need to you, you want to prosper in finances. Man. Um, so so the second one, your third John chapter two says, "Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayst prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth." What does this verse mean? It means God's will is uh, for us to prosper 
it is it is his will and uh, what he says in this scripture he says beloved i wish above all things so god's will above everything is for us to prosper and be in good health even that word even means to the degree uh uh, uh of our soul prospering or of our mind renewal mm. Yeah, mm. and, and then what do you say? And and then what do we say from there? You can uh, read below and confess today. I declare increase into my finances. I receive the anointing to prosper in everything that I do. Amen. And there are a few and of you need those to, confessions. And you for need each. to, you know, you need to understand that what for God each. wills for your life, He has already provided. Come on, you know what I mean. He has yeah. already provided for you to actually reach that place. That's right. So by you reading the Word, you are you are opening, you know, you are opening up those provisions. Come on, in this um, in this realm. Amen. And that's what the Word of God is all about. Amen. Uh, you've got to get Pastor Tafari's book, uh, Living Life to the Fullest. Um, it's available at Scoobs and also on Amazon as well. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. So yeah, guys, speak the word of God because doing so transforms your voice into his voice. Come on. Um, it all starts with faith. Uh, thank you so much. And we'll definitely see you guys, uh, next week right here on the open book, Cliff Central. The open book on cliffcentral.com.